Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Astute trainers with proper training tools are always the key to unleashing your dog's full potential. For over 30 years, Dogtra has collaborated with industry professionals to create class-leading tools for e-collar training, GPS tracking, and ball training to support dog owners in developing top-notch working dogs. Trusted by professional dog trainers, canine officers, and hunters, Dogtra enhances your training journey with durable training products equipped with patented, accurate, intuitive controls and technology to ensure the best experience. Join us, and together we can make every dog exceptional find them at dogtra.com let me hop in here and talk about our sponsors for the podcast southern coast canine based out in new smyrna florida southern coast canine has been providing better training better results and better dogs for over 25 years led by bill heiser and known for their excellent high drive dual purpose and detection dogs and outstanding customer service they have what you want and what you are looking for call 1-877-903-DOGS that's 877-903-3647 and speak with bill to discuss your canine needs today or visit southerncoastcanine.com. That's the letter K, the number nine. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Southern Coast Canine, the letter K, the number nine. We'd like to thank Highland Canine Training, LLC, one of the most diversified dog training companies in the world. They can help your agency start a new canine program or hone your existing skills if you're an experienced handler. Check them out at tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's the letter K, the number nine. Tell them you heard it here. Let me take a second and talk to the explosive handlers here for a second. Everybody knows that HME is a huge problem now. The problem with training on it is that it's extremely dangerous, and a lot of times you guys only get access to it a couple of times a year, which is not enough. Nobody wants to handle TATP or HMTD. So, enter TrueScent Canine. That's TrueScent, the letter K, the number 9.com. They manufacture an actual odor, not a pseudo. It's an actual explosive odor suspended in silica. So they do TATP, HMTD, RDX, TNT, PETN, ammonium nitrate, potassium chlorate, and they do a distractor odor too so that you can proof the dogs off of the training aids, but it's actual explosive odor suspended in silica. It's safe to handle. You're not going to blow yourself up. You're not going to endanger anyone else. And the dogs, through verified testing that TrueScent has done, will alert on both the training aids and then actual HME odor down the line through training. So hit them up, truescentcanine.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, truescentcanine.com. Yeah, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite. I am Ted Summers from Working Dog Dry Goods and Torchlight Canine and now high-risk deployment canine in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, with me, as always, is Eric Stambro from Van S Canine. Eric, what's up? Well, I, uh, this is how much I love our listener. <laughs> I am in Aruba on my vacation. Oh, shit. And I'm sitting in my room at the timeshare that my wife and I have. And I wanted to do a, an, an episode while I'm down here. I've been drinking most of the day. Not all day. <laughs> yeah. Most of the day. And uh, so I'm like, you know what? I got some shit to bitch about. So I figured you and I could do another rant episode. They seem to be popular, and uh, so I figured we'd get at it. Yeah, so we had, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not in Aruba. I'm still in Tulsa. Uh, (laughs) 
the weather's probably similar because they don't have a beach and it's hot as shit and there's still a bunch of bugs. So, you know, I mean, we had uh, the episode that just uploaded before this one was uh, Ellie from Signature Science, uh, which was really good. You know, when we were going through that, you and I were talking about that beforehand. It was like, fuck, what are we going to talk to this guy about? I and mean, he's like legit genius, like Mensa level scientists uh-huh. built weapons of mass destruction for special operations and for JSOC and SOCOM and everybody else. And I was like, fuck, what are we going to talk to this dude about? And it was actually really good. I mean, you know, I mean, what we came down to is that uh, if you use, you won't blow your dick off if you use uh, true sense. True sense. You won't blow your dick like off. You won't blow your dick off your true sense. So, yeah, this is going to be an episode um, kind of addressing some things, I guess, current events and some other stuff. But first, uh, like it's kind of uh, out there now. Uh, you know, it's been in the works for quite a while. But we have done a Patreon page. So one of the the outcomes of Hits, um, which we love the guys, you know, Jeff and Ted from Hits, they did a great job. There's tons of handlers there, tons of admins, and tons of um, questions and stuff from people that came up to us and said, hey, you know, we listen to the podcast and we don't, like, I'm a trainer. We had the one kid, um, I don't remember where he's from, but he told me, he was like, you know, I'm a trainer or I'm a handler. I've been a handler for like four years. And now they promoted me to, like, the head handler, and I've got two people under me, and I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, and, and they don't re- – and they just kind of expect him to just kind of I, – I fuck, I don't know, just know. Yeah, and right. He, and, you know, he was like, man, I listen to every episode, and I kind of joked. I was like, you do? And he was like, oh, dude, totally, because it gives me so many ideas. And then on top of that, you and I both, and Alicia, we had questions from people well, how do you do this or how do you do that or what should I do here or what should I do there and this, that, and the other. And unfortunately, this format that we're on right now doesn't really lend itself to that. Um, There's so much that goes on with nuances and everything else that it's hard for us to describe like how we do targeting or how we do imprinting or whatever else. So, we sort of searched around and we found this badass website called Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. What it is, is if Kickstarter and like Facebook had a baby is the best way I can describe it. So rather than you and I try and field these questions individually, because you and I get asked a lot of the same questions and Alicia gets a lot of the same questions. So rather than try and direct traffic like an air traffic controller and say, you guys answer this, that, that, and the other, we're trying to combine a lot of the similar issues, whether it be scenario-based training or imprinting for detection or starting tracking or finishing tracking or whatever it is, like all phases of utility for a dual-purpose dog trying to distill everything down so that we can have a, like, I guess a video series on how you and I, because you and I do them differently, but, or well, some stuff differently, a lot of stuff we do the same, but how we can distill it down into a way that we can sort of direct people um, from afar, not necessarily like a coach and not necessarily like a walkthrough or like a tutorial or anything else, but it is simply a, uh, well, for example, we've already uploaded some. Uh, I did one from a building search. Um, and so how it worked was I walked through the building search after the fact, like I was walking through before, and I said, this is what I want to see. This is what you're going to see. 
you're going to see this dog do blah, 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 and you're going to see this dog do this, that, and the other. And because I had already done it, so I knew it was going to happen. And then you'll then see the video of me handling one of our mature patrol dogs that knows what he's doing that does it correctly. So in the content portion below and in my kind of postscript of it is saying this is what the dog does right. This is where he's doing correctly. This is what you should be looking for. Um, one of the handlers who's from Texas, I'm not going to mention his name, but has already mentioned on there, you know, uh, watching this and then hearing you guys talk about exactly what you want to see makes a huge difference in terms of how you set scenarios up, how you evaluate scenarios, how you evaluate the skill sets involved, all that other stuff. So it's been... Um, a kind of an evolving process, but it, it'll be very, very good. And it's super not expensive. I mean, it's like 15 bucks a month. The other thing you're going to get, like we have some special shit that nobody can buy. Um, some special t-shirts, special patches, stuff like that, or discounts on stuff. Like we just did a discount on the hoodies um, for, I don't know, like 15 or 20 bucks off. I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. So, and you just did a video series on imprinting on the box protocol, right? Yeah, I did. Um, so I, I did, the first series was just me. The first video was just me talking about um, the boxes, like the building of the boxes. Um, and I think when people see it, they they'll realize um, it's not expensive, and and how easy it actually is. But you know, they everybody asks me my dimensions on my box, so I'm showing them everything like that. Then the next bo- the next video, I go over how I introduce dogs on the boxes. Um, and then I did a third video where I actually have a green dog, um, a dog that's in my kennel right now, who is insanely high drive Malinois. Like he's a Mondeo, title Mondeo ring dog, but he's done no detection or anything like that. He's got all the tools, everything you need. Um, you're not going to get a, a higher drive dog. So, so watching my video series, you, you can work that dog and below. So it's, this dog is, is unbelievable. Um, and I show how I start the boxes and all the things that go along with that, whether you're by yourself or whether you have a helper. And if your helper's on the leash or if you're on the leash and your helper's at the box. And then the last video I just did was um, we went from showing the dog introduction to how to start incorporating the blank boxes with it and getting your dogs to work a four box protocol. And I don't, this is not like I did a bunch of things in between and then showed them a dog that was already on four boxes. This right. dog, you're, you're watching him go through the progress. And, you know, the first few videos are, are only six or seven or eight minutes a piece. There's a lot of information that time. And then this next video, it shows him legitimately, this is his third time doing this, how I got him on two box, three box, and four box in all in the same video. And how, how he's running, how I got him sitting, how I have him uh, fronting the odor. You'll see me make my corrections, the timely corrections, when he tries to look away from the box. And there's just a lot of things that we get a ton of questions about that unless you're in the room with us, this is the closest way we can get. If you're yeah. in the room with us, you see it. This is like being there in the room with us. Well, um, and, that, and that's sort of what I was saying. Like, There's so much that is lost in, in the mm-hmm. format that we're on right now. And and I have handlers tell me that all the time. Like when they come to my handler schools, they're like, "God, oh, fuck, hanging out with you is like drinking with a fire hose." Because I'm constantly oh, yeah. talking to them, like blah, 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 all the fucking time. 
and they're like, dude, I, you are just, they're wearing me the fuck out. Like I, you know, I have <laughs> handlers that are like, you know, I, there's no way I'm going to remember all this. I'm like, you're good. It's all right. Because you know, for the next month I'm going to be saying it to you every day anyway. So by the time you're done, I'll have said it 3000 fucking times and you'll be able to recite it to me. So just, yeah. like, just keep listening. But so it's kind of the same like premise. So, and I have one that I'm getting ready to, well, as of this recording, by the time this airs, the Dutch box episodes will be up. So, Two different protocols. The downside of the Dutch boxes is they are substantially more expensive than the um, <laughs> than the than the fucking pot. than the homemade protocol box. Yeah, yeah, f- shit. Even though we had ours kind of like mi is like semi homemade. Like my setup is probably a couple grand for all the Dutch boxes and the, like the wall and all that other stuff. So it's mm-hmm. not cheap to do. But we do a bunch of dogs, so you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. Which is why I think the proper, the or the popper protocol is probably more popular. Um, it's a lot easier to do. It's portable, blah, 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 right? Like, my wall, my Dutch box wall is not portable. But... A lot of people ask about it, and, you know, they're like, oh, which one is better? I'm like, ah, fuck. It seriously depends on the dog. And, um, you know, one thing you and I were talking about before we started recording is um, the differences in the dog. When the dog, like you have pointed out, the dog you got now is super high drive. There's one that people can probably look back around this date. It's October 1st right now. Of some social media posts that I did either on Instagram or Facebook of a dog named Lennox that is just insanely high drive. And I realized day one with him that he was not going to do well on Dutch boxes. And um, so I moved him to poppers immediately. And and using a very similar protocol to what you're showing in our Patreon thing, at about six or like five or six sessions, I have him hunting on four boxes and identifying odor without distracting odor. So he's still barking and acting like a fuckhead, but, He's, you know, in, you know, what amounts to about 25 minutes worth of work over five sessions or six sessions or whatever it is, the dog is hunting on four boxes and identifying odor. So I'm like, all right, you know, that's good. And the trick is he's taking, I'm taking the human element out of it. He has no idea how the popper works and it doesn't matter to him. So it works for him and being able to identify that, uh, is what we do. I mean, so, you know, I've had dogs that boppers wouldn't work at all. I mean, I have an explosive dog now that just would not do well on boppers. And it is what it is. So he's working on Dutch boxes and we're going to explosive better with him. And it is what it is. But I uploaded uh, those videos and there's four of them. So you'll see me kind of explaining the, the anatomy of a Dutch box and what it is and how we use it. And, you know, what the, what you should see. And then you'll see the dog I'm talking about, Lennox, who's a complete fucking tornado of Dutch boxes. And I'm just like, oh, this is not going to work. And then you'll see a dog that is almost ready to transition off of Dutch boxes. You'll see Nalu, the German Shepherd I'm talking about, who's an explosives dog. And um, he's pretty much, well, at this, by the time everybody hears this, he'll be off of Dutch boxes and hunting cars and lockers and, you know, tractor trailers and whatever, looking for bombs. But um, that the looking at the, and it's a great study in it because the two dogs that you're looking at couldn't be polar opposites. Super, both are drivey. One's a Malinois and one's a German Shepherd. Lennox gets super amped about, like literally everything. He wants to bite everybody and he wants to fucking do a hundred miles an hour all the time. 
Nalu, who's a dual-purpose dog also, is kind of like, yeah, I'll bite you, and, and I'll do it convincingly, and he does. I mean, he bites great, and he hunts great, but he's a German Shepherd, and he is not ultra super high drive, and he's been perfect on Dutch boxes. So uh, it'll be a great um, – it's a great transition or a great, like, like contrast in – not necessarily yeah. two, two breeds, but dogs like you're talking about that are just stupid high drive and the ones that are above average acceptable drives for police dogs and um, and how they work on those two formats. So The, the thing about the Patreon account, too, is for folks, um, we're going to be doing um, – we're going to be offering one-on-one Skype sessions. Oh, yeah, I forgot about um, that some interviews that will not be on the regular working dog radio site that you can only get. They'll be specifically just for the Patreon uh, subscribers. Um, we're, we're setting some of those up. We'll announce those eventually. They're going to be some unbelievably big names. Right. And uh, so there's, there's definitely, you're definitely getting the bang for your buck for 15 bucks a month. Um, right. yeah. and, and, you know, I, I'm really happy we like I've said before, we proofed our concept with the Working Dog Radio. People love it, and um, so we're we're just kind of expanding um, in two directions. We're keeping the Working Dog Radio. Don't forget those of you who love just you know every ten days getting our episodes. They'll still be coming. Good stuff, good content. Um, but like Ted said, we can't really train you, so to speak, on. on on the a regular podcast versus a series of things that we can do, you know, in, in video format and one-on-one right. in the, uh, Patreon. Yeah. So, um, that's at patreon.com. If you get on there, there's a, uh, there's an app for it too, for all your phones. Um, look us up working dog radio. And if you want to sign up, sign up and there's, uh, already content on there. So you're behind the eight ball. So if you, uh, and it'll be, up, on, it'll be up there for ever. Yeah, so, forever. I mean, we're going to start cataloging. Up, like, yeah, if you sign up late. Oh, that's the other thing, catalog. So we're running the podcast. Like, everyone kind of thinks this is easy because all we do is tell jokes and drink beer and talk about dogs. Um, so the the hosting side of this, um, hosting a podcast is not a um, cheap process, and mm-hmm. these files are fairly large. So uh, I don't know what episode this is. It's probably going to be in the 30s, but... Hosting these uh, eats we. It's a monthly thing, so at an undetermined point in time, we are going to start pulling down episodes. So, like episode one, two, and three will come down as episode forty-five and forty-six and forty-seven go up, and we'll start rolling through. So, if you're a new subscriber, you won't have access to all those now. We do have a way to host them that is not a streaming platform, so it won't go to iTunes and everything else, but you'll be able to get it no matter what. And on Patreon, you'll have access to all of those. So as the show progresses and we go through multiple episodes and multiple this, that, and the other, you'll always have access to all that stuff because we frequently reference you know, episode three or episode whatever, where we talk to so-and-so or we talk to Mike Suttle or we talk to Pat Nolan, who is also coming on again, by the way. Um, all of that will be available to Patreon members. So just your normal iTunes and Google members, we're not going to do that with. So also sort of a big deal if you kind of come at this at towards, you know, a year from now, if you're listening to this and you know, it's 2019, then that's how you do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I, <laughs> it's weird to talk about the future like that, but it is what it is. So tonight, though, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to do the other Ratner episode. So one of the things that, uh, other than the question and answer episode um, with Ritlin, which was super popular, one of the other episodes that's always been popular with us has been these rant episodes where uh, we're not necessarily bitching, but we're kind of addressing stuff that people see or don't see or should see or whatever else. So with that, this is like, I guess, version 3.0 of the rant episode for sure. Yeah. we uh, The way we've done it in the past was we broke it down into sections where we're talking about training, and then we talk about admins, and we talk about handlers. Um, I think this episode, we're just going to kind of throw it all into a pot and just fucking complain because, uh, and, and point out some things to people as why shit is bad and what they're looking at is bad and, uh, what is a better alternative and, and really common mistakes that we see all the time, things that, that just drive us insane. So this might seem like it's more of a, a, um, training, complaint episode um because that's what we're going to focus on mostly but if you listen through it you'll hear us talk about um administrative mistakes involved in all this and and just like our scenarios everything is multifaceted. right so people think uh, all you did was send the dog into the bathroom to bite the guy when they don't understand it's a slick floor bathroom and it's closed space and it's dark and then there was an out, and then there was this and that, and there's all these facets, and that's what we're going to do on this episode. So um, people that follow Ted mostly on social media um, have seen a lot of uh, controversial stuff, <laughs> fights and things going on lately, um, and it's not just on Ted's. It's on a lot of different sites, um, some videos that have been posted and put up of some training groups and some of the things that they're doing. And, um, we're not, here's the thing, guys, we are not going to be throwing names out there. Um, we, we're not into all that. People can figure it out. like on their own, I guess. Um, <laughs> but these, these videos and these, um, debates have, have garnered hundreds and hundreds of comments. Um, back the one on my Instagram had 600, I don't fucking know, four or 600 comments. So, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and then, and then it's been ongoing because these particular trainers keep putting out videos more and more. And I, and frankly, I'm just fucking sick of it. And I, you know, we've talked about this before and Ted knows I don't get on those. I watch them. I go on those and look, you, you, you won't really see me comment on them. Um, cause I, uh, I get my, I just get in my own head and, and drive myself insane. So I don't, I don't comment on all of them, but I definitely have my fucking opinions right. and, uh, we're going to bust some of those out tonight. So, you know, one of the videos that we're talking about is from a Canadian company, um, that I'm sure everybody knows who they are. The owner has written books and has done all kinds of wonky shit. His son works for him, uh, which kind of plays prominently in the story. So anyway, you know, the video comes up, and it's a terrible video. It's video of dogs going across a canal to bite decoys. Now, you know, I the one thing that is good about it, because I'll start with that, 
is that the dogs have great environmentals. Like, you know, yeah, they swim across and yeah, they bite at fucking decoy. Um, outside of that, there's all kinds of issues about them going to the opposite shore or well, sending hydro. Cause you know, I mean, there's no way in hell. I, uh, I mean, we have a strict one dog out at a time rule anyway. And these guys specific, one of their things is, Oh, you can only have one dog out at a time. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you only really fucking need one out at a time. And how many you, they have more in their big deal as well. You can only work one dog at a time. I'm like, yeah, we only work one dog at a time. Sorry, not sorry. And this is their big show. Like this is how they show it. Like they have dogs cross in a fucking canal and go up and buy the decoy. So you've got several fucking things going on. When the dogs do engage, if they do, the grips are shitty. The targeting is fucking terrible. And on top of that, they then seek out people on the opposite shore that are only wearing equipment because there are people that are fucking standing there. And, Eric, I know what you train and you know what I do. There is no fucking way I would stand there. Like, there is no way in hell I'm standing next to a decoy. When one of my patrol dogs is sent, I am not standing anywhere near that motherfucker. And not in front of him, anyway, because that he will fucking bite me. Like, <laughs> I'm not. There is no way. And, and miraculously, all five of these motherfuckers managed to find the person in a suit. Now, the handlers, to the, their discredit... We're like, oh, yeah, that's great. I'm like, you're not really helping me out here, homie. Like, you're basically telling me the dog has equipment fixation. There's any number of problems that go into it. But there's several of these dudes, and they're in a Midwestern Sheriff's Department uh, up near Chicago that run their fucking mouth, and the dogs are fucking terrible. They're fucking bad. There's no other way around it. They just suck. They suck. They're fucking terrible. So the postscript of this is I texted the owner of this company uh, and just said, hey, here's the deal. <laughs> this is who, you know, who we are, whatever else. This is the podcast, this, that, and the other. I want you to come on and clear the air. And he said, clear the air about what? And I said, look, here's the deal. And I, I told him my name and he said, oh, the guy that started the, I started a hashtag, you know, fuck his company and this company sucks. And I said, yeah, that's me. And he kind of was like, well, you know, I don't really need to describe anything to you and everything else, but he does. And, you know, my problem with them is that they continue to propagate the myth that they train. This is a Canadian company, by the way, that they propagate the myth that they train for naval special warfare, which they don't. Everybody knows fucking Jeff Franklin and Cobra K-9 has had that contract for, you know, what, 12 years now? How long? The inception, yeah. Right. So ever since Mike and fucking uh, Wayne gave it up, you know, that's who's had it, right? And then that they train for special operations or special forces. Um, I have contact with more than three special operations or special forces groups that – basically say the same script. We have never knowingly trained with the Canadian company by this name. And in kind of hindsight, the outcome is even if we could, we wouldn't. And they propagate the myth that they are training for naval special warfare and they're training for special operations or special forces, and they're fucking not. Yeah, they train dogs for the Navy SEAL Museum. but Which yeah, is a private they, 501c. Which is an admirable cause altogether, but yes. don't fucking confuse 
Well, I mean, you were out there. You were in fucking San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> you, I was you, in San Diego. There were no Canadians. I worked they, that contract. Right. None of them were there. Um, Jeff Franklin has had the East Coast contract since its inception. Right. When Mike and Wayne Gate got uh, were done on the West Coast, he's had that ever since then. Um, there are no Canadian trainers involved. No. Um, they got in with a guy who has a, a dog that was trained, you know, whatever. And they, um, I don't know if he was a former SEAL or whatever, and then they started going down to the Navy SEAL Museum and doing demos. So that's all they really do for the SEAL Museum is do some demos um, down in Florida, I believe it is. Yeah. And, uh, but, and here's the thing, like the video with the, listen, I'm all about putting my dogs through absolutely ridiculous situations that really have nothing to do with actual law enforcement things like when we go to the water training that we do where they're diving off the docks and they're in deep water i would never send my dog off a dock in deep water um we did a a water ski bite where i skied by on a ski and and the dog bit me on the ski which took me three years to fucking do um to get that to get a dog to hit it just right and again that has nothing to do with law enforcement that we're not um you know we're not going to send our dogs on a guy water skiing um, it's not James Bond. And, um, but, and again, if you, if you don't get that, you're an idiot. That's not the point of the training. However, if you watch my videos where my dogs are doing things that are unorthodox, they still are fucking crushing the decoy or they're crushing the hidden sleeve or they're slamming with the muzzle. They're not biting with the front of their teeth. They're not letting go. Um, even if they're, I've done a, I've done a circle of death where I have a, one or two decoys in the middle of like 10 or 15 dogs and right. one decoy gets a dog on him and the other de- maybe on, he gets a dog on the second arm, but those is highly controlled environment with, uh, leashes and things like that. Um, but in the video you're describing, so I don't really have an issue with them, um, making the dogs jump into this disgusting canal and swim over and climb up and bite a guy. But they don't. They climb up there and they nip him. And if you watch, at one point they all let go. They just let go. Yeah, it was because they a, suck. It was a half-ass commitment for Their sure. Their dogs are and, fucking terrible. And that, and that's 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 the mo for the dogs that come from those guys. Is you know, I mean, we preach, and we're not the only ones. A firm, full, and a calm grip. And that was none of that. And we have legit reasons for that. I don't think we've covered that in the podcast. We have on the Patreon, or well, I will on the Patreon page, and we'll do it at some point. I think Bradshaw mentioned it. That's one of his things, too, except he says firm, full, and he didn't say calm. He says, uh, I don't remember at the top of my head, it's like firm, full, and... Uh, yeah, that's the thing. If you yeah, if people I mean, think that we're making this shit up. Right. So, so Bradshaw... Uh, has been in this business in this game for a long time. And if you listen to his controlled aggression podcast, he's done a really good series lately about, um, out recall and grip right. development and things like that. And he talks about targeting and, you know, getting that nice full grip and why, and why it's fucking why. important. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's not something I'm making up. Like, it's not just like, I mean, it's good professionally, but it's also from a standpoint of, us letting an animal bite somebody 
and my handlers come to me and I'm like, this is what you tell somebody that matters. And then somebody that matters is your boss or somebody that matters is like, you know, somebody's opposing counsel or your city attorney, whoever the fuck it is. Your dog is taught to to bite firm, full, and calm to minimize damage. Like I go through to minimize damage and all this other shit. There's a a list of reasons that I have and why we do that. And when – and and on top of that, like I'm not making any of this up. Like people are like, oh, you know, you're making this up. No, this is straight up case law. This is not – like I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. Like we're doing this because it is a – best course of action for the industry to make sure that we don't fuck it up for the future generations and to make sure we don't fuck it up for everybody that's currently handing a dog and then i see videos like i saw and it is literally the exact opposite of everything that we teach and everything that we say and you have guys that are commissioned police officers that are espousing the views of a foreign company with shitty fucking work and terrible fucking dogs that are going to be the ones that will fuck it up for the rest of the country. Proven canine training, proven results, providing scenario-based training for law enforcement based on years of law enforcement and military service. Creating dogs for scent detection, tracking, patrol, and obedience. National certifying official for all aspects of canine and canine-related work. Watch for seminars across the country, near your locations in Northeast New Mexico and Amarillo, Texas. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Proven Canine Training, the letter K, the number 9, or at www.provendogtraining.com or give JJ a call at 417-844-5816. That's no secret that Eric and I are both huge fans of Dogtra. In fact, long before we even started the podcast, we've both been users of Dogtra products for a very long time. My personal favorite is 1900S. We use it at the kennel and all of my dual purpose handlers are issued them during their courses. One of the new things that's happened this year is that they've made the new 1900S hands-free. And if you follow me on social media at all, you've seen me using that little button and it has been a fantastic revelation in handling a dog and using the e-collar at the same time. So basically this thing, the 1900S hands-free, is fully waterproof receiver and transmitter, water-resistant hands-free remote controller, so don't drop it. Hands-free remote control for multitasking, discrete finger trip control, and it's got an ergonomic receiver. The other thing, too, is the gradual and precise stimulation. It goes from 0 to 127 and everything in between, and it's a radio stat, so it has minimal jumps between each number. Also, it's very, very durable and reliable. Doctor collars are designed to withstand the most demanding and extreme conditions to support any training goals you have. It's intuitive design, so it has no fuss, no hassle, and it's ergonomic to provide you with a no-look control so you can keep your eyes on your dog while you're training. They've got great customer service and great support. Also, be sure to hit them up at doctor.com and use the discount code WDR10 to get 10% off anything over 200 bucks that you're buying. I want everyone to head over to Blue 9 Products. That's blue-9.com and check out the climb. Eric and I have both been using them. I personally use it to teach place commands and a couple of other behaviors. It's basically a product that weighs 14 pounds. It's UV stabilized, made in the United States. It'll hold 500 pounds by itself, so you can put ponies on it if you want. You can link them together to make larger ones, but it's great for training generalizations and teaching a place command. I also use it for sport dogs to teach directionals and to teach sends or sendaways, and it works perfect too for fend-offs. In fact, my decoy at the kennel has been using it with the law enforcement dogs to fend them off to make them go low. Check them out. Blue 
2-9.com. Head over there, use the discount code WORKINGDOG20, the number 2-0. Save 20 bucks off your purchase of a climb. The offer expires October 31st of 2018. So if you're listening to this after that, head over there anyway and keep a head out and make sure that we'd be able to update these down the road. Let me take a second and talk to the explosive handlers here for a second. Everybody knows that HME is a huge problem now. And the problem with training on it is that it's extremely dangerous. And a lot of times you guys only get access to it a couple of times a year, which is not enough. Nobody wants to handle TATP or HMTD. So enter TrueScent K9. That's TrueScent, the letter K, the number 9.com. They manufacture an actual odor, not a pseudo. It's an actual explosive odor suspended in silica. So they do TATP, HMTD, RDX, TNT, PETN, ammonium nitrate, potassium chlorate, and they do a distractor odor too so that you can proof the dogs off of the training aids, but it's actual explosive odor suspended in silica. It's safe to handle. You're not going to blow yourself up. You're not going to endanger anyone else. And the dogs, through verified testing that TrueScent has done, will alert on both the training aids and then actual HME odor down the line through training. So hit them up, truescentcanine.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, truescentcanine.com. Yep, yep, exactly. And here's the thing. So my at my agency, um, my class, the class that I do for the guys that come from my department, uh, because our policing is different than, than some of the smaller agencies that we train, um, they're, they're like 12 to 14 weeks is their class. I know they're the, uh, there's a sheriff's office out in the DC Metro area that their class is 26 weeks long, 26 weeks, which is, well, you got like Massachusetts and Florida. They're like 600 and something hours. Right. I mean, I right. really remember. Yeah. I mean, so, so there's, it's, that's not a short time. Right. So, um, now the, the big thing here in the, in this country and you and I talk about it a lot and I complain about it, but it is what it is. We now have to pre-train the dogs and then the handlers come through with like five or six weeks. They get, you know, they get that school, but these guys, these fucking clowns are doing a one week. If I'm not correct, one week dual purpose handler school, one week. Are you? fucking kidding me with a one-week handler school there's no one and i mean no one in this country certifying body i know that should accept a one-week handler school well the one joke, the, when i heard that when i heard that from the person i heard it from who is who is a former canine handler and now a trainer at a very large kennel uh, is uh, and I told him I was like shit. I was like it took me longer than that to learn how to beat off, and the motherfuckers attached to me. And I was like, you expect me to train a green dog and a green handler in a week? I mean, come even on, if now. the dog is pre-trained, say that they've done three right. months pre-training work. Cool, that's sweet. The handler in one week doesn't know a fucking thing. In five weeks, they still don't fucking know. No, and and this is why. So any agency in the United States, and, and Canadians, if you're listening to this, you're an idiot too for going there. But any fucking agency that accepts a guy going to a school for one week because we can't afford to have a guy off the shift, you fucking cunts. <laughs> one yeah. week handler school is going to cost you millions of dollars in the future. 
in fucking lawsuits. One week, are you kidding me? And in the middle of this one week, they actually, because we've seen videos and pictures of it, they have nap time for their handlers and their dogs. They, uh, yeah. they fucking nap together. Are you fucking kidding me? Napping. Yeah, that, that's the deal. And yeah, uh, they mean, do kinds of fucking party tricks and whatever else. for you know, Napping. School, this isn't kindergarten. It's not kindergarten. It is time to for, for you idiots up there in Illinois or wherever and everyone else who would go to these morons. Indiana. To pull your heads, your Indiana, pull your heads out of your asses. Nap time, really? Are you serious? I get it how some people can pull the wool over some people's eyes because they're green and they don't know shit. But they also have to know that at the end of that one week, they still don't even know how to handle no. a leash. They don't, they're still not putting the leash on correctly. They're, they don't, they're not putting the collar on correctly. Basic shit. They're still screwing up. And you're, you're sending these guys on the road. You're going to tell me in one week you learned how to handle this dog in so, detection work, in tracking, which could get you killed, oh, and yeah. then and in bite work. And we've seen the bite work out of these guys. They're they're garbage. Which is fucking terrible. So one of the guys, was, you know, kind of confronted me or, or talked to me, I guess. And, you know, he said, well, I guess you're super offended by this video. I'm like, you're 100% I am, and I'll tell you why. Um, as a canine professional, uh, you know, I don't take myself very seriously, but I take what I do very seriously. And for these guys to be selling this shit and giving them to handlers or whoever and saying, yeah, this dog will be able to do the job should be fucking criminal. And I, I, and you know, I mean, like watching this go down, I'm like, you know, you, you sell these dogs, to these handlers, and they actually believe what you're saying. These dogs are going to protect them, that they're going to bite people and everything else. And they're fucking not, they're not like, they're just not going to bite people. It's just, they're, it's fucking terrible. Like, I don't know yeah. any other way to say it. And so he was like trying to, you know, get at me like, Oh, you're super like a fucking snowflake. I'm like, no, you're right. I, I am absolutely offended by this. It's fucking like this work is so bad. It is fucking offensive. And you, and one of these motherfuckers, his dog got shot in the face, got the dog, got fucking shot in the face. And his argument is the dog is looking for the weapon hand, which I know Eric has a whole fucking spiel on this. And the dog, I told him, I was like, would you fucking knock that shit off? The weapon hand bullshit is fucking is stupid. It is done. It is terrible. I have five fucking reasons why it's bad. And I'll go through them here in a second. But you know, I told him, I was like, the dog would have bit a fucking dildo if it had been in the guy's hand. And the problem is the guy, you sent the dog to somebody that had a fucking gun that you knew had a gun. And there is the issue. One of the issues is you send the dog to somebody, you know, has fucking arms. Second of all, you know, he bit the first fucking thing that happened to him because he was pointing the fucking gun at the dog. It wasn't because he was looking for the weapon hand. He could have been holding a dildo and it wouldn't have mattered. So, you know, yeah, he got shot in the face. And then because he was dancing around like a fucking idiot, he the fucking dude shot him. Had he committed and blasted that motherfucker in the bicep, chances are he probably wouldn't have gotten shot. I mean, it's still a bad call to send a dog to somebody that's known, that is armed, unless you have no other choice. But... You know, I mean, 
if you're going to send the dog, at least give him all the tools and don't let him bite half-assed and have weak commitment and have be quote-unquote looking for the fucking weapon hand. And, you know, dog got shot in the face. He lived, but, you know, I feel bad for the dog. I feel bad for the handler because he was sold some fucking horse shit from these dickheads in Canada. And what do you have to say about the weapon hand thing? So we know because we decoy, you know, a thousand reps, thousands and thousands of reps uh, on on decoying. That a dog, and when we're teaching targeting and we're teaching things like that, the dog goes after the last thing that moves. So when if a dog is coming in on, say, your left arm and you move and show him the right, he's going to switch over to the right arm. So these fucking idiots that try to convince you people that they're, they have taught their dogs to always go after the weapon hand um, and some, there are some trainers that, that claim their dog can distinguish between a knife and a gun and a fucking hairbrush and a cell phone and, and things like that. They're full of shit. Usually those guys are just making excuses for weak ass nervy dogs that like to bite the very end of the bite suit only and bite it with the front tips of their mouths and then right. let go. Because they say they let go because the, the person was coming at them with their other hand, like they're going to stab them, and they let go to bite it. No, the dog's a nervy piece of garbage. Yeah. And, you, and you guys have got to stop fucking falling for that. Um, this whole thing with the gun hand, where the dog attacked the weapon, they, it could be if the guy takes it out and that's the only thing that's moving. If he stands and he's drawing that gun out and the only thing that's moving is his right hand with a pistol in it, there's a good chance that the dog is going to hit that arm. That has nothing to do with the fact that the dog could deduce that the dog, that the guy had a fucking gun in his hand. Yeah. Enough is enough with these ass clown motherfuckers. Enough with it. So from the technical side, here's my deal. So first of all, like you said, the dog can't really determine weapon hands left hand right hand they don't understand the concept of firearm whatever else so asking a dog to determine that we have professional mma fighters and boxers that can't determine human intentions enough to not get punched in the face now when we're talking about police officers who are trained to uh, you know in hand-to-hand combat and everything else and also military and everything else even those guys are still not good enough to determine another human's intentions but we want a dog an animal that licks its own ass and eats cat shit to determine what a human's intentions are. I mean, I could be a kid just standing there holding an iPod and I have headphones on and all of a sudden it's a quote-unquote weapon hand. So we're asking a dog to make human decisions, which first of all is just a bad fucking choice altogether. Second of all, you have the issue that grip quality suffers. So every, and I've worked several of these dogs that are quote-unquote man fighters, which is fucking stupid. Every single one of these fucking dogs I've ever worked has had a terrible, terrible grip. A terrible grip in terms of the police side, which would be a liability. Um, And then because it's going to cause more damage in terms of being not firm, not full. They're pulling their, which I'll get to in a second. They're doing several behaviors that are fucking terrible. And they're never able to fully commit to a bite because the other portion of this third part is they're always looking for an exit. They're always looking to out. Now, everybody's heard me say this. My handlers hear me say this all the fucking time. 
I, the last thing I th- want a police dog thinking about is fucking outing because you've got backing officers, you've got redirects, you've got rebites on people that are already cuffed, which are huge problems. And a dog that is constantly looking for an out is fucking dangerous because everything that swings into their field of view is a potential target. Because grip quality suffers and because they're constantly looking for an out, they are a huge liability. Because they're always looking for an out, anytime you swing anything in their face, they will redirect. Um, I have a department that's semi-close to here that they tried to fix a issue with this and the dog ended up biting two backing officers because they went up to cuff the motherfucker and when i say i don't want a dog to think about outing until i tell that motherfucker to out and or until i take him off manually that's what i fucking mean if you've got four dudes there trying to detain somebody that has a dog attached to them the safest place for them to be is chewing on him that is what he is supposed to do you've met Graham versus Connor, you've met all of the other requirements for use of force. You're not going to get any less fucking bit. Like, it's just not going to happen. Once the bite happens, it is what it is. And and what Johnson versus Scott tells us that once it's neither unreasonable nor is it, you know, unexpected for an officer to manually remove the animal once the off, once the suspect is detained. It is what it is. And people can bitch and moan and argue about technique and fuck all every time they want everything else, but it is what it is. The safest place for him to be is chewing on that motherfucker. And the problem with these dogs is they're always looking for a redirect, which is a huge liability. The other portion of this is the liability aspect, which I think these dickheads obviously don't know fuck all about. And liability is kind of a misnomer anyway, because once you've met that threshold is what it is, but it doesn't mean that we still shouldn't focus on good technique and we shouldn't focus on good proper case law. And the issue is dogs are not lethal. The argument hasn't been made, but it will. And it, well, I take that back. It has been made in lower courts that because a dog is non-lethal, it should also be non-life altering. Because of that, we don't bite vital fucking organs. We don't bite hands. We don't bite face. We don't bite feet. We don't bite groin. We don't bite neck. We don't do that, one, because I don't want to fucking decoy it because it's dangerous. And I tell my decoys all the time, don't stick your hand anywhere you wouldn't put your dick. And two, the decoy safety determines, like, we have to be able to work these dogs for maintenance training because we have to maintain their training. You can't have a firm, full, and calm grip on a body bite, which is why I don't teach body bites, and you can't have a firm, full, and calm grip on somebody's fucking hand and not have it be a grievous injury. So we do not teach hand, face, feet, groin, or neck bites, and I don't want to be the guy that changes case law. So when people talk about, oh, they go for the weapon hand, when they say, when some dumbass handler says, oh, they go for the weapon hand, if anybody is paying attention all of a sudden you know i mean if you get bit in the forearm big deal but if you lose a pinky you're gonna get fucked up and that's bad and we don't want that the dog is there for compliance if you know there isn't a canine handler alive that deploys a dog and thinks that the outcome is a life-altering injury well one that's properly trained or that they're gonna lose their life you know there's been one recorded death of a canine biting somebody and that was the case that determined that canines are non-lethal and if it were the case it was life-altering, <laughs> we would escalate use of force. The problem is when you teach dogs to have shitty grips, shitty targeting, to transfer, and then to bite 
areas of the hand that are well of the body that cause grievous injuries you cause all kinds of fucking liability problems i mean you have the story about you got you tried to do the verbal out and the motherfucker bit him six times and you had to do six use of force reports yep yep that was um just trying you know trying well i'm by myself let's see and the dog outed like a champ and came back to me and then just exactly what we talked about the guy tried to get into his pocket and the dog bit him again and then again and then happened again and then happened again and six use of force reports rather than just leave him on the bite cuff under power and take the dog off which is Uh, why we teach what we teach but any of that these guys the dogs suck listen i had to work as i've talked about it before i had to work a sucky dog and it's dangerous, and I don't want to see guys get hurt and get killed because they went to a one-week handler school and bought a shit fucking dog, a garbage dog. Why are you going to get training in Canada that has no legal standing in the United States if these guys have to go to court? Oh, where'd you get your training? Um, in, the, in, in Canada. I went to Canada. Really? Because... Um, I don't know that they operate under our court system, that they understand, uh, yeah. you know, anything. So you <laughs> went, our case law. <laughs> you went to Canada. I get going to Canada maybe for a seminar. You can learn something. But to get your dog. Or even for a green dog. Green, right. And you know, listen, um, I know there's some agencies up in Canada that have some ungodly, amazing police dogs. Oh, yeah, they do. And they're not getting them from this fucking joker. Um, <laughs> no, we have, they're I have, not. I have a buddy, we both have a mutual friend named Mike, who's up in Canada. Um, Mike is the guy who supplies dogs to um, vendors or to agencies up there, and he's gotten a dog from me and some other folks that we're friends with. And Mike is a good trainer, and he trains real good dogs for those guys up there. He kicks ass. And he's not targeting the gun hand and all this other fucking horseshit. So enough. Enough is enough. With this, the shit, garbage ass, pussy punk fuck dogs, man, and in these one week handler napping school. Uh, what's next? Um, fucking powdered milk for the dogs, <laughs> or are we having fucking um, safe spaces for the dogs and the handler? Uh, uh, get the fuck out of here, man! I'm I'm just fed up with it. Um, you know, there's the there's a couple of companies in this country that. Um, do the same thing. I don't know if they're tied into the guy up there. They do the same stuff where they, their dogs suck. And I'm sure they've gotten some, some decent dogs, but you know, like for example, I've seen videos from some of these companies where their dog climbs or crosses a pretty rickety ass rope bridge, which was impressive. And I get it. That's awesome. Right. The environmentals are good. I, I don't blame you one iota for that. That's pretty cool to show that dog walking across that, that rope bridge, but then there's a decoy on the other side of the bridge and he gets over there and the bite is so horrible. The dog barely bites. He bites and lets go a couple times. He barely holds on. And the decoy is wearing one of those mattress suits. Listen, yeah, the fucking poacher coat. Bullshit. If you're wearing the, if you're, if you're a trainer and you're still using these poacher coat, uh, suits, I, I will never take you seriously. Never. No. It's the dumbest, most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever seen. Take your bitch ass and put a fucking... There's no dog. fucking way I would wear those because my dogs no. bite legs and like, it, right. fuck that noise, man. Those things are... They're so, they're so stupid. It looks... It's so amateur. It looks like the guy who's 
out front of the car dealership wearing a big goofy suit advertising for them. That's what it looks like. Um, You know, if you're so fucking tough and your dogs are so awesome, put your hands outside of your fucking suit. Don't don't turtle them in there. Put your hands out. Work the fucking dog. You know what I mean? I'm just I get so sick and tired of it. And the fact that admins are so dumb. They're so stupid that they're going to send a guy to a one-week handler school in another country because they were trying to save a little bit of money. Um, wake the fuck up, man. Yeah. Wake up. You would not send your SWAT team to a, a two-day basic SWAT school in Canada. You wouldn't do it. No. So why all of a sudden is canine? It's okay. It's okay. Oh, it costs us overtime to have a guy in a six-week class. Fuck you. Yeah, Fuck you. I mean, and people sack, wonder why. People wonder why I'm retiring. Fucking do it, man. They wonder why I'm retiring and trying to get out. I I can't stand it. I can't stand the law enforcement. Um, not the guys, the admins anymore. I can't take it. They suck. You guys all suck. And I just I don't understand the mentality of putting everybody's life at risk and your department's, um, you know, uh, liability at risk for lawsuits and things because you want to do a one week handler school where they nap nap. Yeah. And you know, I mean, and that's the joke, like, you know, and a lot of the admins I deal with, well, I need to say something else first before I think I said this a minute ago, but people were talking about everybody's listening. This is going to be able to find it. If not, you can ask and I'll tell you. Um, but you know, I, I asked Dan, I'll say his name. I asked Josh to come on the show. I, I did. I asked him, I was like, Hey, you need to come on and you need to clear the air. And I did all this via text message cause I knew it was going to happen, but I thought I should at least ask. So I said, you need to come on and clear the air and you know, he's uh, clear the air about what and I'm like, well, here's the pervasive myth th- that your dogs, I mean, or well, the pervasive trend is that your dogs fucking suck and your handlers are ill-prepared, and your handlers are running their mouths to people that they shouldn't be, and they're also telling people that you're training dogs for special operations and for naval special warfare, and I'm going to make you justify that because I have emails and I have you know several people that have reached out to me from that community and said we don't know these people they've never trained with us and even if we could we could, we wouldn't we even if we could we wouldn't train with them, so <clears throat> you know I'm. I, it, this sounds like a fucking bitch session about these guys, and to someone it is, but it's more of a broader spectrum of just in general of bullshit work that is just fucking terrible and guys that use a paper resume to sell dogs, but these guys are the epitome of that. And if you hear this, if you're listening right now, hear me, I asked them to come on, and they chose not to. And the offer is still open. I mean, if they want to come on, like, I'm going to ask them to ju- – and they're going to hear this, and I'm going to say, you know, you're going to have to tell me which teams you – which SEAL teams you trained for and which SF teams you trained for. And keep in mind, my other partner is from spe- seventh, was from 7th Group, and we have contacts in several other groups that – I'm just saying that it's easy to verify. And all I'm saying is that those guys are, I'm going to ask them to justify it and they're not going to come on and flat out. It's fucking bullshit. So you're a hundred percent right. The admins 
see this as a cost-saving measure, and then these motherfuckers then turn it and flip it and say, you're right, you only need to be here for a week, give me... And these motherfuckers charge 18000 U.S. dollars. Whatever that converts to in fucking Canadian dollars, I don't know. Like, whatever the fuck it converts to. Like, 18000 fucking dollars is how much they charge for their dual-purpose narcotics dog. Those dogs couldn't find a fucking joint in Woody Harrelson's house. I mean, you know, I don't understand the pervasive myth about, like you said, Eric, like, hey, we're going to try and save money, and why canine always gets fucking shafted. And the and I see it from California to fucking Massachusetts to Maine to Florida to West Virginia to Illinois. The teams that do well are the teams that their admins are like, you know what, this is a process. This is what it takes, and this is what it requires. Because, I mean, I deal with it right now. I mean, like, my local sheriff's department, they don't have money for a fucking dog. Like, I live in one of the most 50-populated counties in, in North America, right? So however many counties are in wherever, right, like in the United States. My home sheriff's department doesn't have a fucking dog, because, quote-unquote, they can't afford it. And I live in one of the most 50-populated counties in the country. They can't afford it, but they just bought a bunch of shit for the SWAT team. Like, they don't have problems yep. spending it everywhere else. Now, and I'm 100% honest. I know that some of that is grants. I know that that's not all of, like, fucking, you know, income tax money or whatever else. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, I get it. But canine is routinely fucking shafted and is shortchanged because they look at dogs like equipment like you know the dog and i say it jokingly when i'm not joking the dog is not a glock like you know when you put out a bid for a glock whatever you guys are eating 40 cows or whatever it's if you get 10 bids they're going to be within 40 dollars of each other or something right so this picks the lowest one you know like that gun that comes from whatever vendor is going to be the same one. It doesn't matter, right? Like, they're all made by one person. But a dog, like, they come in. In fact, I just bid on, on my city's home department here. And through the process, I know that last time I bid, there was X number of bids, and I knew where I fell in the process, and we didn't win the bid because I was the most expensive. Not only was it was, uh, it was the most expensive, or I'm sorry, it wasn't, but um, the dogs that they got had to be returned. So somebody in city yeah. hall was making the decision for them. And, you know, that's an unfortunate, you know, kind of turn of events. And that's how people like these guys do fucking business. It's the lowest common denominator. It's the cheapest fucking price. And it's the fucking worst amount of fucking, it's the bare minimum of work that is required to do their job. And these motherfuckers, Indiana, for example, the guys I'm talking about are in Indiana. And if anybody in Indiana is listening, they don't have a state certification. They don't, right? Which is how these motherfuckers are able to get away with it. Uh, where I'm at has a state certification uh, for detection, and I guarantee fucking to you these guys wouldn't pass that, and it's not even that hard. Where Eric is at has a patrol certification and a drug certification, or, well, a detection certification, detection. and you are a state certifier, and I can guarantee fucking to you these dogs wouldn't pass either patrol or detection. No. Nope. And uh, that that's the thing. Again, you know, we've talked about certification and everything like that, but there's... the the um, Florida versus Harris talks extensively about, look, you need to have someone come in and evaluate your, 
your program and test your dogs. And I'm telling you, no one will take a, a one-week handler school. Nobody. In Ohio, when you apply to become an approved vendor, so to sell dogs to police departments in Ohio to test through the state standards, you have to be on an approved list, right? You can't just be Joe Schmo dog trainer. You have to submit a resume and you submit a curriculum. Now the curriculum, you have to put how many hours you're going to spend on each discipline of the training. The state does not tell you what the hours are. They have a, an acceptable range and they don't really tell you. You submit it and they either reject it or accept it. But I'm telling you what, it's not 40. It's, it's not, not fucking 40 hours. It's not 40. It's, it's not in 40, the 500s. It? It it's not 40. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not one week. And, yeah. and, and so and uh, people, their whole thing is, well, it doesn't matter how long the, uh, the class was as long as the dog passed the test. Well, what, what test? Who, who's certifying these dogs? What, it's all in-house, I guarantee you. It's them just him walking over because the owner thinks he's um, a disciple of Christ for him to go over and, and <laughs> son, you are now anointed a dog handler. You go forth and um, don't bite anyone because your dog sucks. But um, so and, and the, the guy, they, they just I, I don't get it. And there's a ton of them here in the States, man. This isn't just and trust me, listen, for our Canadian friends. We're not bashing on Canadian dog training. There, there are some very good trainers up there, and like I said, a lot of guys putting out some good dogs. This particular place isn't one of them, and they've been doing it for a long time, and they have found a niche in the I will get your dog on the street in one week bullshit mindset, and um, I'm a guru, and you can come here, and we will take naps and drink whatever from this nasty creek. And, uh, and, and you can learn to low crawl under a bunch of dogs and a bunch of fucking bullshit that these guys do. But there are a ton of guys in this country that are the same, man. You know, that we got a guy in Ohio that you fight with online. A lot of people fight with online that I, I still tell everyone, nobody's ever heard of this fucking guy in Ohio. He's nobody, but he wears one of those mattress suits and, um, And there are, and he's a convicted felon, a drug felon. Um, and yep. there's three, or, there's three or four agencies that have bought dr- uh, dogs from him. And I listen. This is the, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent right now, um, because this is one thing that I get on that um, that happens a lot that drives me insane, and I don't get it. Listen, if you are listening to this and you're a police officer, if you're a admin of a police department. You have got to show some motherfucking integrity on who you buy your equipment from, right? And what fucking conferences you send your guys to that are owned by convicted felons. All you're doing as a police agency is spending money to send your guys to a conference that's owned by felons, Enough is enough with that shit. Have some integrity. You're supposed to be setting a higher standard in, in the law enforcement game. You're supposed to be higher than regular folks. That, But you're still buying equipment from a guy who's a federal gun felon and a sexual predator. 
a convicted sex offender and you're paying for your guys to go to this person's conferences when he is a convicted fucking sex offender. Stop it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, message me and I will fill you in enough. (laughs) Show some integrity. Show some professionalism. Get your guys the best possible dogs and get them their best possible training. And don't tell me that you don't have any money. You're a liar. Every department telling you don't have money are lying. It's all priority. They always can find the money. Always, always, always. They just don't care enough. Yeah. No, that, that, uh, yeah, that's pretty much 100%. You know, I mean, there's some fairly large names that, uh, you know, and to some extent, you know, I don't blame uh, some administrators didn't know any better, right? Like, it's just, you know, fill out the process, do the process, you know, fill out the W-9, do the thing. Because, you know, I mean, I own, or Coven, I guess, Working Dog Dry Goods and another company that does stuff um, for, you know, government contracts and whatever else. And, you know, I we have to fill those out and everything else. So, um, yeah, there's a, a little bit of due diligence in that. But, plenty of other departments like it's literally like the handler walks in is like hey i need this and they're like all right cool we'll just uh you know submit the submit the process or submit the you know work order or what you know every department has it it, every literally every department is different and they're like oh you just submit this paperwork and whatever else and you know what happens and you know so and so gets paid and everything else but yeah i mean there are people in this industry in canine that uh, <clears throat> have less than scrupulous backgrounds and um, are uh, fairly high profile and continue to just sell bullshit dogs, bullshit equipment, and it's okay ish. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's not okay with me. I mean, I don't let my guys buy shit from there. Like, if my guys need something, I either get it for them or I tell them where to get it. But, you know, for the most part, I, uh, it's, it's, it's a problem. We used to, we, the police canine association, we used to send guys to, um, certain conferences and we would buy, uh, equipment from certain vendors, uh, equipment vendors. And then as soon as we found out that this, that the owner of all of those, it's one person owns all of those as a convicted sex offender and a convicted federal gun felon, we stopped. We don't buy anything from the person. We don't go to the conferences anymore. Anything that we do have still in stock that had that company's name on it, we covered it. We will not advertise for them. We will not let anyone see any of that crap. Um, When those equipment wears out or breaks or whatever, we are not buying them again from that person. As much as I really like the ball popper that I use, I'm not buying a replacement. I'm getting the one from Dogtra. Yeah. Dogtra's ball popper is what I'm going to be using. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. you, you, know, you know what I mean? And because I have integrity, I'm not giving money to a criminal. I'm just not. And these, these dog trainers, a lot of them are exactly the same. Um, you know, I get it. Listen, I get the whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You made some mistakes when you were, uh, when you were younger and you did some dumb shit and you, maybe you're a felon you got some problems. I have no, you know, I have no problem with second chances, not for sex offenders. You can fuck off. 
um, and especially one that's been charged multiple times. Yeah, uh, and and that happened while <laughs> that happened while he was a police officer too. So yeah, so <laughs> that, I mean that's a that's a side diversion from the training thing, but I, I'm just so tired of seeing people go to these um, garbage ass fucking trainers because maybe they gave him a free puppy or. Uh, it's a one-week school or, or all kinds of stuff or because so-and-so is, lives next door to the so-and-so and they know them, um, you know, even though they've gotten screwed. It amazes me how many times departments will keep going back to the same vendors that keep fucking them over, over and over again. And they keep oh, God, going that back. happens all the fucking time. Yeah, to me. Uh, we, had a t- we had a department here buy a dog. They didn't buy it from us because it, we were too expensive. And they bought a dog from this motherfucker. And the dog, I swear to God, went blind or, well, they notified him that it went blind like two weeks out of, quote, unquote, their warranty. And the do- and the guy refused to replace the dog. Yeah. And then I shit you fucking not. So they bought a blind dog from this vendor. And then they turn around and get fucked by him and they refuse to, buy- they refuse to replace it. And they turn around and buy another dog to replace the blind one. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Because they like uh, the guy. Because they're friends. uh, Well, I don't know why. I mean, he's a shithead. But, I mean, he's a fucking piece of shit. And he's a, you know, he's a current canine handler, but he's a fucking retard. So, oh, fuck. I got to cut that out. JJ, you got to cut that out. He's an idiot. So, I I mean, I, like, I seriously don't get it. Like, the dog went blind currently in the in the warranty like you know in the warranty period and they were in he was like oh you didn't notify me so i don't have to replace it whatever yeah i mean i'm like that's fucking and i don't know what to tell you i mean they come to me and i'm like i don't know what to tell you man it's like i didn't sell it we were more expensive now you gotta buy two dogs i don't know what you want me to do man i mean what should i do (laughs) unbelievable well i think we've bitched enough i'm on vacation so i'm gonna go drink right on um what uh what do you got going on from here on out oh man well i'm picking your ass up at the airport Mm. uh next week in albany uh for the uh new england street tax seminar which we will be doing some live shit on there from facebook and from instagram at our station, which is going to be dark and scary, and I can say that now because nobody's going to hear it, but it's going to be dark and scary, and you won't be able to hear anything. So, I mean, there's that. And uh, it's going to be a good time. We've got 60 teams. I think it's what, they, what the current count is, 60 teams. Uh, we got 25 auditors, which um, I don't know who the auditors are. So uh, it could be admins. It could be sergeants. It could be guys around training groups. It could be, I don't know. But they've done a good job uh, at organizing it. Uh, it's going to be a fucking badass, badass training seminar. You've got a lot, a lot of really good trainers. And then a similar type thing is a, a, that we're going to be coaching, or, well, not coaching, but, uh, teaching at, is a uh, in the thing in Pennsylvania, uh, the Blue Line deal with the guys from... Blue Line Canine. Yeah, Blue Line Canine. <clears throat> that is going to be a similar deal uh, to kind of like the Bravo three, which is going to be going on early next year. But that'll be the next time that we're going to be out, 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 out together. So, but the new England street taxes deal, 
This should air after that, but um, if you go to that Facebook page or if you go to Working Dog Radio or Torchlight or Van S, you should be able to see some of the live video that we're putting up from that. Um, so Eric and I will be running that from our station there. But, yeah, outside of that, we ain't had a whole lot going on. Before yeah, I- the end of the year, I mean, it's like everybody's starting to shut down. Departments are like, oh, we're getting ready because everybody's going to take vacation because of Thanksgiving and New Year. And so, yeah. Yeah, all that crap. So, yeah, right. I, um, this week of vacation, and then I'm flying from Aruba to Albany to do that seminar. Then I'm back to work for a week, and then I'm flying to Georgia to train up, um, do a seminar for a training group down there. Then I come back for a week, and then I am retired from the police department. Right, November 2nd or something, right? Yeah, November 2nd. I'm just going to use the – I was going to leave October 31st. As it turns out, if you work one day of the month, your health insurance is good for the entire month. So I'm working that week, so I'm covered there for all of November. Um, And then just working the business from here on out. And hopefully I get to come out to Tulsa and see the Torchlight Place. Um I got a bunch of things kind of in the works. Uh, I got a bunch of bids out for for dogs. Um, my kennel, I have one dog in there. I emptied it on purpose because of October being so busy traveling. But then I'll start reloading in November and um, and moving right along. So, um, anyways, if you get on Instagram, follow me at Van S Canine and Van S Canine Academy on Facebook and. Um, that's it, man. Tor- check, check out Ted on Torchlight Canine on everything. He's in Torchlight and yeah. Working Dog Dry Goods and all. Every we're both everywhere on Working Dog Radio. The two of us and Alicia uh, send us messages. Um, usually, right. it's a that you talk to, but check out Patreon, Patreon.com. Search Working Dog Radio. I'm telling you guys, it's the future of what we're doing, and um, you'll you'll really like it. Especially if you're a place with a small budget that they're not going to let you go to a lot of seminars and a lot of training, man. You're going to learn a lot on that site. That's exactly why we started it. Uh, we started it for, you know, I mean, we talk about how many departments have, uh, last time I heard like the average department in the United States had like 16 people or something. And I don't even know what the amount of those were canine handlers. Which I assume it's fucking <laughs> small. So, um, if you're a canine handler and it's a tiny department and you're a one dog department and you don't get to train or you get to train your 16 hours a month barely and you're like lacking for inspiration, that's exactly what the Patreon is for. So, um, in this podcast in general, so hit both up, uh, like share, subscribe to the podcast and then go to the patreon.com, check it out. And the content will be there forever, as long as I know. Uh, I mean, long until, you know, we pick the next loser for president. So um, that, it'll be up for a long, long time. So you'll be able to go back. And I'm currently trying to, like, set it up so that it's easy to navigate based on detection, based on bite work, based on tracking, based on whatever. So, yeah, hit it up, patreon.com. And then, you know, like Eric said, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and any other places at Working Dog Dry Goods and Working Dog Radio and Torchlight Canine. And my personal Instagram is Ted underscore Summers. It is a business one, so there's not a lot of bullshit on that one. <laughs> so if you want to see what I'm doing day to day, that's the place to go for sure. All right, man. This has been a good right one. On. Yeah, for sure. All right. We'll see you, man. 
All right, we'll see you when you get home. Yeah. We'll, actually, I'll see you in Albany. So, yeah. Bye-bye. All right, bye. I want everyone to head over to Blue Nine Products. That's blue-nine.com and check out the climb. Eric and I have both been using them. I personally use it to teach place commands and a couple of other behaviors. It's basically a product that weighs 14 pounds. It's UV stabilized, made in the United States. It'll hold 500 pounds by itself, so you can put ponies on it if you want. You can link them together to make larger ones, but it's great for training generalizations and teaching a place command. I also use it for sport dogs to teach directionals and to teach sends or sendaways, and it works perfect too for fend-offs. In fact, my decoy at the kennel has been using it with the law enforcement dogs to fend them off to make them go low. Check them out. Blue dash nine.com head over there use the discount code working dog 20 the number two zero save 20 bucks off your purchase of a climb the offer expires october 31st of 2018 so if you're listening to this after that head over there anyway and keep a head out and make sure that we'd be able to update these down the road Proven canine training, proven results, providing scenario-based training for law enforcement based on years of law enforcement and military service. Creating dogs for scent detection, tracking, patrol, and obedience. National certifying official for all aspects of canine and canine-related work. Watch for seminars across the country, near your locations in Northeast New Mexico and Amarillo, Texas. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Proven Canine Training, the letter K, the number 9, or at www.provendogtraining.com or give JJ a call at 417 417- Seven eight four four five eight one six. Working Dog Radio is edited and co-produced by Dustin Wright at Bracket Designs. Be sure to hit him up at bracketdesigns.com for any branding or content-related work you have. We were graciously granted permission to use this rad music by Brother Deeg. Go buy him a beer at Brother Deeg, spelled D-E-G-E dot blogspot dot com, spelled D-E-G-E, or hit him up on iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, or any other music streaming stores. Check the show notes for links to both of these creative geniuses. Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite.